Hi, everyone. Hi. Silas. Hi. <laughs> I thought you were just doing it like, 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 it, like, hi, everyone, but like the listeners. I was. I was. Oh. We were oh. here. Uh, we were, we were the Foley sound for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, good. Okay, good. Hi. Um, hi, Jay. <laughs> already horrible. So usually the first half of our episode is news of the week, but there was no news this week aside from like the bad, all of the bad news, except that Elizabeth Debicki is playing Princess Diana on the crown. Oh, shit. Did you not know that? No, I didn't know that. Live reaction. This is like the bestie of your life. It is the best (laughs) of my life. I'm so happy. I feel like we should just talk about that for the whole time. I couldn't agree more. Really, <laughs> and we have to. We'll discuss later. But Ellen DeGeneres's robbery of her house was an inside job. We learned. Wait, how did you learn that from, <laughs> from your email? Is that what you said? No, from the Daily Mail. I thought you were like someone emailed me. <laughs> it's happened before, <gasps> with a scoop. Yeah. But anyway, we thought we would just devote this week to discussing our new favorite show, The Umbrella Academy. (laughs) Which I have to say, okay, I binged all of it in two days. Including season one? Including season one. And you hadn't watched any of it? I I had seen the pilot a while ago and it wasn't for me at the time. Yeah. And then I think quarantine has kind of let me (laughs) accept other genres yeah. And I blew through it. A friend of mine was watching with me, uh, socially distanced, like, in yeah. her apartment. But uh, I, had a, I had a great time. You know what? I don't watch myself ever. Like, I can't bear it. And Ellen, um, not DeGeneres, Ellen Page, <laughs> she uh, at some point got, I don't know if I should tell this, but she'll get in trouble. But I think now it's too late. She won't get her in trouble. But she had when she had the link to watch the episodes that they sent her. She was like, "Come watch it." She's like, "I've watched it and it's really, really good." And she would text me after every episode she watched, being like, "Oh my god, episode four is so great!" And then she'd be like, "Episode five is amazing." And she was like, "I like it. It's like it's better than the first season. It's amazing." And um, so I like went. We hung out like sitting very far apart, and we watched a bunch of it together. And sometimes she'd be like, "We well, have to watch this one. You have to watch this part." And I was so into it. And I don't, even like I don't like to watch myself. But it looks, I also wanted to see it because visually, as you know, it's so like gorgeous that I was like, I can't even imagine what it looked like while we were shooting. And sometimes, and that's almost enough where I I didn't recognize myself half the time. So it was kind of exciting. I did have to look away for a lot of our scenes because it's just too stressful to look at my own face. But um, wait, wait, wait. But it is so good. We have to tell everybody who we're talking to. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, so with every I'm Ellen guest, Page. <laughs> Ellen Page is here in the studio. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get to Ellen Page. <laughs> so for every guest, we have you introduce yourself by telling us your name, your pronouns, and how you identify, which can mean anything you want it to mean. My name is Marin Ireland. I use she, her, hers, and I am an actor is how I identify. <laughs> <laughs> great. That was great. Love it. <laughs> so we told all of our listeners last week to watch the Umbrella Academy, especially season two. But we were like, you can watch yeah. either just Marin's scenes with Ellen. You can do the whole thing. You could do just season two, whatever you wanted. So this is like a spoiler zone. Okay. 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 So you can say anything. Okay. 
Good. Well, also because in this world now, it's all been out since the 31st. So it's hard to like, you know, people got to know if they know this episode's about the Umbrella Academy and they haven't watched it, they should expect something <laughs> in this day and age. It's true. We're, I'm anti-spoilers. Robert is very pro-spoilers in terms of like spoiler warnings. I'm like, oh. eh, if you get spoiled, you get spoiled. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel kind of like but Robert, like, didn't want to read the news so we didn't know about the crown <laughs> he was like i don't want to know what happens <laughs> i know i don't know a lot about diana i love her back to the crown but at the end of the last season of the crown i was like oh, i really need to know what happens with diana but i don't want to get spoiled for the next <laughs> season so i'm just gonna stay away from all the news <laughs> and not look this stuff up <laughs> and then accidentally i found out about the affair and was like who to hold like how how am I supposed to deal with this information? <laughs> I love how that all just made me feel mostly just old and not anything. I remember else. <laughs> I remember seeing I was the death like, on TV. Mm, okay. I I was at my aunt's house in Virginia, very visceral memory, but like I don't I didn't like know her. <laughs> right, 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 right. Like there I feel like like me and my it was like someone we knew. It was like it was a very devastating loss, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> okay, wait. So, so tell me, tell me about the Umbrella Academy. You're in season two. You have a role that was created not from the original comic book series, right? As far as uh, yes, Steve, I got. I feel like this is. I feel like you guys were both really on the inside circle when I was. It's true. Thinking about this, because I was supposed to do another job that like pushed a year or more at the time. And suddenly I was like, what am I going to do? And then this job came away. And because it's so the superhero top secret nature of everything, I couldn't read anything, which normally obviously make a decision based on the script. Yeah. <laughs> but in this case, they were like, you can have a phone call with Steve Blackman. Okay. Wow. And because he had to just tell me stuff. And, and so we had this phone call and um, it wasn't like, now I feel like it would probably be like a zoom call, but it wasn't even that it wasn't even like a Skype. It was just like literally a phone call. And it was like, um, he told me that I was like, you know, cone of silence, but he was basically like Dallas 1963 and this housewife and her son is autistic. And um, Ellen's character has amnesia. And I was like, this is so much information. And he was like, and you guys fall in love. And so your whole storyline is with Ellen almost exclusively, except for the end, everything comes back to Sissy's house. I was sort of like, I don't even know what questions to ask at this point. But I remember one of the things I was like, I'm do, please tell me that her husband is not like, physically abusive because I don't really feel like doing that and also like it feels really cliche and I I don't want it to be like she's gotta get away from that man you know like mm -hmm. I don't want it to feel like that I don't want it would be much it's more interesting if he's not like just a villain he's like no 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 I promise because I was like I don't want to get there and then I have to do all that stuff like that's not that's not a good story and he was like no 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 he's not like that at all and um, she just, she married really young and, and I was like, did you base her on anybody? And he was like, she's kind of a composite for me. So people, he's like, but also we read some like obituaries from the time, I guess. And like, they got oh. some like weird ideas from there. I don't know. I was like, wow. all right. I know. 
weird ways, I guess people do research, but um, so like weirdly it was like, so some things, some like little details of her life came from some stuff that they like research they did from the era and some stuff just came from like people that he knew in his life. And so um, that was like it, that was all I had to go on. And Ellen and I have someone, we have, like I feel like this is gonna sound really name drappy, but um, we, I was working at the time with Jesse Eisenberg and I was like telling him that I had gotten this offer and he was like, well, I know her, we, I know her really well if you want to like meet her because if all your stuff is with her, maybe you should find out if you guys like get along. So I did reach out to her and she was like, great. So we met up and we had like an amazing conversation and a really great time. Oh, but it was, it was definitely like, I was like, you understand, right? Like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to see anything. Like, so he might change his mind about the character. And by the time I see the script, it's a whole other thing. Like, it was really wild. Um, it was a really intense, like, leap to make in that regard. So you mentioned briefly that Robert and I were part of the conversation, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but one of the things that you and I discussed when you were thinking about taking it was the whole thing about you playing a woman who like maybe identifies as queer now that I've seen the show it's like I don't really know how she would identify um and we were wondering if you'd be interested in talking more about your decision making process on that absolutely um so yes that was one of the things that I brought up to Ellen right away um when we sat down together I was like listen, I, 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 listen, I also do feel like things are very fluid in everybody's lives. I was like, I am dating a man right now. And I was like, I don't know how you feel, Ellen, or how I feel. And what is like the responsibility of any actor in this moment and in all moments in time from here on out to be more thoughtful about that and what we say yes to and jobs we might be taking from other people. And um, do you feel like, it's problematic to not have uh, someone who openly identifies as lesbian or queer or bi, any version of anything like that. And she was like, well, I'm really happy that you brought that up. She was like, I have a contact at GLAAD, obviously. She's like, why don't we reach out to him? So she, I was like, that sounds great to me. So, and I told my agents, I was like, we're holding, we're talking to Glad, you know. I had, I, had, I had told my agents that I was not sure about it. I was like, I don't know where my level of responsibility falls in all of this. And um, I'm just very aware of this. And they were like, okay, you know, whatever you feel you need to do and think about or whatever. And um, they didn't really know how to help me make that decision. And um, so Ellen talked to her contact, then she called me back and she was like, we had a really great conversation about it. She's like, he basically said, she and she told him everything she could. I think she even had a couple scripts at that point that I wasn't allowed to have. So she like, he was able to have a little more information. And he basically said like, because this woman identifies as a straight woman, or I mean, even though that isn't even a phrase that would occur to that woman at that time in, her, in, in the world, right? But like, she thinks of herself as straight and then meets this woman and falls in love with this woman. And like you said, Jay, like it's not quite as cut and dry. Like it wasn't like I'm playing a lesbian necessarily. It's like a woman who I don't even know what she would say about herself if she had that language at that moment in time. Um, And because he basically said what I was sort of thinking where it's like, that could happen to me tomorrow. 
you know, I'm like dating this guy. I could meet a woman and fall in love with her tomorrow. Like that could happen to me tomorrow. I, I don't. So he sort of felt like he said to Ellen, he was like, I, this feels totally good to me. I feel good about this and telling you guys like, thanks for being mindful about it. But like talking this through, this seems to like, it makes sense. Um, and that was sort of like, we, she, me and Ellen had like a very long follow-up conversation. We were just like, okay, look. And we talked a lot about, honestly, about like, um, what our shared responsibility would be in telling the story together where we were talking about, I mean, weirdly, like I read a lot of like, like I read like the well of loneliness, like, like deep, like Radcliffe Hall and like Ruby Fruit Jungle, like, all the things, right? Like I've read a lot of these like stuff. And like, I read, like I worked on this Bebo Brinker play, like, which was, I was telling Ellen, she didn't know about the Bebo Brinker Chronicles. And I was like, that was actually this exact moment in time. That was, 1957 and 1963 and that was the first time there was a series of books that was out in the world where the gay characters didn't end up either in prison or dead at the end of the story and they just got to have relationships and lives and that was right at this exact moment that we we're playing and she didn't know what those so I like gave her copy of Odd Girl Out and I was like it's amazing I'm you know so we were like talking a lot about all this stuff and we were talking about like the legacy of these storylines and like what it means. And so we were totally on the same page about all of this stuff. We, we, like, she told me, she's like, you need to watch Desert Hearts. That's what I imagine when I watch those movies. So like we, totally oh, had yeah. to, like, we had totally, that was so Desert Hearts, right? Like yeah. that was so, we told all the directors, we were like, watch Desert Hearts. That's what we're basing this on. Like <laughs> we had a whole shared, but then we had a whole shared language, you know? So like she had a whole, like a different level of a relationship with the writers on the show, obviously. But it meant that then when, scenes came our way she and I could talk about them and talk through like what our response to them was what her response was and what I felt I saw and like how I could find a way if something felt maybe a little bit off like from inside the character to talk through my point of view on it that like we could find a way to responsibly like tell this story in a way that I mean we were we took it extremely seriously from the beginning and throughout and there was definitely by the end of it the last episode in particular we were like I, I remember halfway through, I was like, is Sissy going to get killed? Like, is she going to, or is she going to end up in, in like an asylum? Like, is something, if that happens, like, it can't, I can't, like, it can't ha happen. Like, we need to know now. Like, what's, and I remember we were both like, we can't be telling that kind of story right now. We just can't be doing it. So it was a real challenge for all of us, for me and Ellen. And then I have to give Steve a lot of credit because he really listened to us. I know moving past like the decision-making and through the whole process, but like Steve really like listened to us and Ellen in particular and took it, took it, you know, seriously from, and had to learn a lot, honestly, I think about like the sort of legacy of, of all of that and the tropes that we were trying to consciously avoid, but also still finding a way to somehow feel like it was still authentic to 1963 in Texas, you know, mm -hmm. which is like, not going to necessarily be a happy ending but how do we find something that feels authentic but also doesn't fall into a really horrible trap that a lot of shows do okay first of all i love that answer and there's a lot to unpack here oh good <laughs> i love hearing that you and ellen like went into the project already first of all like on the same page but also like friends like what was it like working with ellen through all of this because you're right like your scenes and your your whole storyline and also ellen's was kind of separate than um, uh, the rest of, the, of like, the, the show that's happening. We were yeah. like, we're shooting this little indie movie, this little like indie like Desert Hearts 2 in the middle of like the <laughs> Avengers, you know, like 
we'd be like, they, like the directors would come from like some green screen, you know, fight sequence. And we'd be like, we're just gonna sit on the couch and like talk about our feelings. Um, but um, no, I honestly don't know what it would have been like because like, it's so contained our story. If we hadn't connected the way that we had and if we also weren't on the same page so much about like what we, page so to speak, on uh, what we wanted to do what we wanted to do with this, you know, like it felt really meaningful. I felt like it had the potential to be extremely meaningful to people. And we, we were so, we, we honestly, we kept thinking so much about like the, the kids who already watched the show, you know, like all the fans that already exist that like, like are, were really upset after the first season to see Ellen in that scary relationship with that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it's was just bad great. on so many levels. And so she was just like, they all really like, oh, there's so many people who are like, give Vanya a girlfriend. <laughs> and like, so like, there was like a, you know, there's, there's some pressure coming into it on a lot of levels from a lot of different directions. And I feel like if we hadn't had that kind of connection and felt like safe with each other on a number of levels, like it was really it was really special in that way. Like it felt, it felt like shooting a little indie movie that was like just a couple of people for me, to me. I mean, I, by the time I even met anybody else, it was like, you know, episode nine or whatever. It was sort of like, oh God, right. There was all these other people and they have these powers. People, people showed up on the farm in their like leather outfits, you know? And I was like, <laughs> wow, it was really I mean, crazy. The first time I was like, I think it was, no, it was the scene with Luther in the barn was I think the first time I like really saw anybody else not like, and hair and makeup or whatever. And he was like in his full giant oh, outfit. Oh yeah. yeah. And I had to like have the like, gun. Uh, and I was just like, this is, he's enormous. Like he's very tall. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is a whole, I didn't even, I was like, I don't know how to talk to anybody that's not like Ellen. You know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> what do I have to That's how I, I feel. No, it was really, really special. Like, we're very nostalgic for her. That's part of why she was like, you have to come over and, like, watch it. And I was like, I could actually watch this, like, with her. Because I could be embarrassed. Like, I was like, oh, I'm nervous. You know, like, I can't, I wouldn't want to watch it by myself. I'd be psychotic. But, like. Yeah, like, all of these people came and crashed your indie shoot. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, what are you doing? You touched on something, though. Like, how did, I mean, I, I guess I can say, like, how does it feel to be, like, a queer icon now? And I, I was like, oh, I wonder, I wonder how, like, the fans are receiving the season. And I'm seeing all of these, uh, like, younger fans, like, drawing pictures of you and Ellen. Yeah. And I, I can't even imagine. It's, I have to say, it really is, like, way beyond what I imagined. I, even when Ellen was telling me, she was like, this, like, the, when, especially once she saw it and she was like, it's, really great like it came out so great and she was like people are gonna really go crazy for this storyline I was like well you like it because we had a good time you know I was like <laughs> I was like people are gonna go crazy for you you know like you're Vanya you're but like I really did not I kept underestimating I was just like well they're gonna go crazy for Ellen obviously but I thought like I would just be sort of like an accessory over there where they'd be like and she was sitting in it too but which was fine I'm sort of like I'd have very low expectations in life in general and so I was but she was like just watch and I was like yeah, I'll see and then suddenly I had like a billion whatever Instagram followers which I don't even have Instagram really I just got you're, it 
You heard it here first. We're in Ireland has 1 billion Instagram followers. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, and they're all going to leave. I, I didn't even have Instagram until like a second ago because somebody was pretending to be me on Instagram. Whoa. I know. I know. It was that weird. Was and so you're like, weird. Um, I was on Twitter, but I mostly just like look at the news and like protest stuff. Like I don't really, I'm not really active on Twitter, but I look at it for information and Someone told me on Twitter that someone was pretending to be me. So I went on Instagram and I was like, this is weird. And then I think because it was on Twitter, then they like got rid of it right away. So I didn't ever even see it. It was like gone, but it was just like a picture of me or whatever. So um, then I tried to like get a handle that was like my name so that I could just like have it. Cause I felt like creepy that like there was people who could say they were me. And so I just had it and I didn't have very many followers. It's fine, but I had to like make a couple posts, or whatever. And then like suddenly all these people were showing up and that's the only reason why I know it's weird. Can I say like that has been the weirdest thing also about doing, having this come out in this moment because like Ellen would be, for instance, Ellen would be like in Brazil, you know, like she would yeah. be going places. We would all be looking at those pictures. There'd be like a premiere. It'd be a whole thing. But instead I'm just like in my apartment being like, Oh, I have a lot more Instagram followers. You know, I'd be like, what's <laughs> happening. And then all these people though are like drawing pictures of me. Like you said, Robert, and it's like so moving to me I mean it's so moving to me that it mattered and that like the care we took like we were always just really worried you know you have so little control as an actor we we tried our best with everything that we thought we could control was our work on the day you know and they can edit whatever they want like there's a scene with us in the barn where we're smoking that was originally an episode like three or two or three or something and they moved it into episode one like they can edit things however they want really and we have no idea i didn't know that was going to happen and they can you know cut whatever scenes out entirely so you just never know if it's going to end up with the work that like you intended it to be which is part of why i don't like to watch the thing because it always feels sort of disorienting but the fact that like the care that we took like paid off. Like we, we actually made some people really feel good and happy and, and it, it's so moving to me. It's so moving to me. I've never been in something where, where people have drawn pictures of me. The people took that time looking at a picture of me and Ellen. It's so moving. It's very <laughs> beautiful to me. It makes me so happy. It's like, I really feel like, oh, it actually like means something actually tangible to me that people can see it and feel acknowledged and represented and seen and that's that's remarkable to me that, that there can be a positive effect of something like that like we talked about it a while ago I guess before you started filming and I was like uh, you were like what do you know about the show and I was like I've only seen a little bit but there's a monkey in it and we're like will, do you know if you're gonna have scenes with the monkey and you were like there's a I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> and so then watching season one, season one is so different tonally and just the plot is, it's almost a totally separate beast. And while yeah. watching it, I was like, this is the show that like Marin's going to have this like intense, like 60s lesbian romance in. Like I, I didn't see it fitting at all. And it did. It came out like really well. I was moved watching it. Yeah, I think it, it's handled yeah. very like delicately and like sissy's like a badass thanks i really was appreciating the fact that they i will say i freaked out when i had my very first costume fitting because alan and i were talking like desert hearts we were like into it and i was like she lives on a farm 
And then I had my first costume fitting and it was like crinolines and like a dachshund print blouse with a little bow that buttons up the back and like heels. And I was like, what is this? I was like, this is not the woman from Desert Hearts I was envisioning. This is not like farm lady, like to get getting dirty and having fun and whatever. And like, I don't know what this is. I was completely confused. I was like, how does this woman work on a farm? And I called Stephen a panic and I was like, can you uh, talk me through this? And he was, he was just like, oh yeah, sorry. So I, like, we want to like build this arc for her in that way that like, and then it was like, then it, there's actually so many little details about it that like, I mean, the costume designer is incredible. Chris Argadon is like unreal. I mean, what he does with like the handler, like I can't even forget it. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just astonishing. Uh, but the conversations he had with me, like the, his attention to detail, like it was intentional that like, I actually, that first outfit I show up in, can't get dressed in it by myself. Like the buttons are up the back of the shirt. Whoa. It's buttons. <laughs> and that's on purpose. That like, she's basically like a doll. Like she's like, she'd have to have somebody help her put her thing on. She's wearing her crinolines. She's wearing shoes. She can't actually walk around the farm in them. And by the this. end, by the end of it, it's the same exact color palette. I'm even wearing like blue pants, wearing a blue skirt, and like the red and white top. It's like the same, but I'm wearing like pants with pockets and like flat shoes I can run in, and like a menswear sort of shirt that buttons up the front. Like it's all, it's literally like he designed the season for her in that way, where like you actually could track an evolution in that way, where it's like you see, so that by the end we almost are in like this whole other, where she actually like, oh, by, the, we, by the time we were at the end, it was always like, we what should her hair be like? I'm like, oh, she's got pockets, we're good. We can have her hair down, you know, like, <laughs> she's got pants, she's got pockets, she can like dress herself, you know, like, um, but it was, it was like, it was great. It was really exciting to think of like the level of detail they put into that arc for me. And it gave me so much to, work with and even like the makeup gets a lot more like she sort of starts doing less and less so, so we started with like a look Ooh. like a full like little cat eye and a thing you know and her like little beehive thing and you know it all started it was very like planned out how it was going to break down um in a way that feels more like it's really her you know which was so um satisfying it when I was watching it it took me like I think in the fourth episode, I texted Robert and was like, wait, she works on a farm? There's that scene, <laughs> there's that scene where you're, like, picking eggs from chickens. From chickens. Yeah. Real chickens. <gasps> yeah. Wow. And I was yeah, like, that oh, my was God, this day. is a farm. Yeah. They don't wow. really have that many, like, animals there. <laughs> 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 they have, like, chickens. Um, it's kind of, I mean, because he... He works in, what does he sell, shower heads or something, you know? So it's, like, that's not, like, necessarily where their, like, money comes from. It feels more like it's, it maybe, like, used to be where everything came from, and now he's this, like, businessman, and, or he's trying to be this businessman. And so, like, they sort of, it feels like the farm is, like, functional for, like, their household. You know what I mean? Like, they probably have, like, sure. a couple of cows or something like that, so they're not really doing full-on. She does a lot of laundry, I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, so much does. laundry. A lot of laundry. <laughs> the three people. A lot of laundry in about a week's time. Yeah, they get they move, go through a lot of stuff really fast in this household. She has all her outfits. It all seems to be Carl's stuff, though. I think Carl changes his clothes a lot. Well, it can be yeah. sweaty on a farm. It's hot, Dallas. You've sort of touched on this, but we posted on our Instagram and we were like, "Do you have questions for Marin?" We got so many responses that were like, "What's Ellen Page like?" <laughs> Is Ellen Page amazing? 
What if I was like, she's a nightmare? I would. That was like, I would be devastated. I would be excited because we would have the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. No, it's like, sorry to say she's like a delight, like a total angel delight person where she's like so supportive. She's super professional. She's like the most laid back. You know, she's also, she's been doing this for so long that like she doesn't have any of those like actory things that I like have certainly seen on sets before where like, I mean, you know, both of you know, like I started doing theater. So I don't have that. I just sort of feel like you show up and you do your thing. Like I don't, but I know there are lots of other actors who mostly do film and TV who have like their ways of being on set that can be all kinds of variations of, of like confusing to me, (laughs) but, but she's so incredibly like easy to work with and like creative and supportive. Like all those times where she would just be like, that was great. That was great, great work today. And like knows everybody's name and is like just the kindest and like so collaborative, so supportive. It's like, I really, it's super boring because it really couldn't say anything. I, we're actually we got so sad at the end of the season like we were we still are like there's got to be we have to why can't I just be on it all year next year and like you know it's like we were so sad we have when it ended we had such a great time together that's it really, cute it was really cute of us the other like big question that we got was like forms of what was your favorite scene to do while you were there oh snap that's a good question. And then um, we also got some people already responding, being like, I'm sure it was something with the gun and shooting and like kind of pseudo shooting her husband. That scene was stressful because it was that day, especially like that crazy slow-mo shot was really hard and weird to shoot. There's some fancy camera thing that I don't remember what it's called where it shoots actually really fast so you have to like do it really fast and then it looks crazy and then you have to do it like a billion times. So that was actually like a weirdly stressful day because of the te- technology of it all. I feel like maybe one of my favorite ones was, I mean, there were, every time was a delightful time, but a lot of them are so sad and those were fun also. But one of my favorite ones was probably, even though I mentioned already, that scene in the barn because it was so beautiful there we were at this like where we were shooting um like it really was like we really had to wait till it got to be like a beautiful time of night and like there was a full moon that night and we could Ellen and I could see it from where we were sitting and we so we just like and we just stayed in that little spot and because it was the end of the end of the I'm sure it was the end of the shoot day I'm not actually sure but it felt like it was and we just stayed in our little spots and like didn't have our stand-ins go in for us and just like hung out while they were like lighting. And it was just like, we didn't, there wasn't blocking. You know what I mean? We were just sitting there the whole time. And like, we could look out at the moon and it was so magical. We were like, look at it. And we were like, you guys should get the footage of the moon. Like, <laughs> But it felt really magical. And it had like, it just had a really beautiful like vibe to the whole thing where I was like, who wouldn't fall in love on a night like this? Like it was so like, it was just really magical. It had a really magical vibe to it. And, and like, it's there, she's also the kind of person because of that kind of thing where I was like, let's just, let's just like sit in for ourselves and we can just hang out and like chit chat while until we're shooting. And then when we start shooting, it'll just be like, we're just talking. I remember watching that scene and I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and speak for the listeners. That like that scene immediately, I was like, this is hot. 
Like I'm, I'm into what's happening right now. And I feel like Sissy had a lot of like, I think I text Jay and was like, Marin has a lot of like lesbian one-liners. When like there was, the, there was a part where you like crossed the kitchen and you were like, mm, I should have hit you with my car earlier. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. No, totally. There were times where I was like, how do I not say that? Like, so it sounds like I know that we're going to hook up. Like, I have to be like, bop a boop like, on the move or whatever, like you said. Yeah, like, I have to figure out a way to, like, downplay it so that it does, but it was, but it, I mean, it really goes with the, like, you know, the vibe of the show that I had to really remind myself to. I was like, especially when we're, when we're going to do the, um, when I was dealing with the uh, wardrobe stuff, right? I was like, oh, right, the show is like a cartoon. I mean, in a good way. It's like, I can't forget that, that all, every, like, every like gesture in the show is like a little more vivid than I would have expected or a little more, you know, it's a part of what you're describing, Robert, even when you're like, how is, how is her story going to be in this show? It's like, right. That was part of the translation process I had to make for myself, like in preparing and being on set and being like, Oh, right. Like even those lines like that, I'm like, this feels a little overt, but then I'm like, right. The show is a graphic novel. It's, it all is a little bit more vivid, a little, like there's a black line around it. You know, it's like a little pops out a little bit more. Um, but that gave me a little bit of permission too. I think part of it about that barn scene though, is that I was also like, Oh, right. This is the first time we could see a little bit of like real sissy. So that was also why it was fun for me to be like, oh, that's who she is. Cause I didn't know. I was like crossing my fingers, you know what I mean? But in the beginning, I, I just had whatever scripts I had at the time. So it was, it was, um, that was a fun scene for me to read and be like, oh, this is cool to see like So I'm gonna, I'm gonna shift gears for a moment and just bring up the fact that this is not the first time that you've played like a, a, a lesbian like object of desire because you were also in the miseducation of Cameron Post. <laughs> this is true. The the there I did see something online where they had the two two of the big kiss scenes like side by side or when me and Chloe Moretz make out and then side by side with me and Ellen first time we kiss in the show and I was like I'm sorry I must have made that. <laughs> That was truly, so I'm good friends with Desiree Akavan, who kind of co-adapted and directed Cameron Post. And I was like in her uh, web series ages ago, The Slope, which is amazing. Anybody wants to do a deep dive into an old web series, remember those? And then she was like, do you want to be in, there's, there's like two parts you could play and whatever. And I was, and then I like read the book and I was like, whatever you want. And I read the book and I was like, Oh my God. There she was like, I think you should be Bethany. And I was like, Bethany, I'm into it. Um, <laughs> the like English teacher at the conversion therapy camp. <laughs> She's not really, she doesn't know really what's going on there. I think she has like a different idea about it. She has her, she doesn't know what's going on with her boyfriend either. You know? Um, yeah. That's sad for Bethany. Um, what's, what was her name? Bethany Kimball's Erickson. I think she had a hilarious name. Bethany um, Kimball's Erickson. I feel like in the book she has a long hyphenated name like that, which I, I thought was a long time ago. Truly hilarious. I remember we used to be like BKE. That's why I think it's her name. But um, but yes, I didn't have that much time with Chloe. I need to remember feeling really nervous about that scene because I was like, I didn't know we weren't like hanging out like me and Ellen were, and it's just weird when you have to do that kind of thing. But I was like, we we were like, well, we know like the scene is pretty clear and it is in the book, so it was like, all right, here we go. Well, I mean, it's just us here. Who Who's the better kisser, Ellen or <laughs> Chloe? Oh, you know, 
Uh, I was going to say a lady never tells, but do they? (laughs) (laughs) What do ladies do? Who knows? Um, No, I feel like a lady never tells. Is that the right answer? That was a perfect answer. Squealing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so another... Wait, I will say, when you were talking about, like, the, like, icon thing, there was a moment... I think it was the middle of the night last night when I couldn't sleep and I was looking on Twitter and I was, somebody had three tweeters and there was something about where Katya and Trixie were watching the Umbrella Academy. Oh my God. For their show, I like to watch, which I didn't even know. I mean, I'm a big like fan of theirs, like huge. And also I was like, watched every episode of, uh. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh. So I didn't really know they had this other one called I Like to Watch, which like shame on me I didn't know that but I don't know if it's like just something they've been doing recently or if it's been going on for a little while so I watched it in the middle of the night it's like 15 minute long and there is a moment then where because I was like well 15 minutes they're they're like I don't know what they're going to get to or what they're going to show on the thing but like oh my god and then like there's my face and Trixie and Katya are watching it uh. and then they were like really like into it I was I have to say I still have not recovered and I was like I needed your help, Jay, in trying to be like, how do I even respond to this? Because I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> I didn't want to put anything out there in the social media space without knowing, without having your savvy at it. My savvy. I feel like you have way more savvy than I do. I'm terrified every time I put anything out into the world like that. So I was, but I was, I'm very overwhelmed um, with that you whole You should experience. see if they want to meet up. Oh my God. I feel like I would pass out. Didn't you go to DragCon? I did. The first one in New York. Me too. Uh, so fun. It was so fun. I have lots of pictures where I didn't wait in the lines, but pictures where I was like over my shoulder taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. <laughs> would you say the Trixie and Katya are like your faves? They're definitely like two of my faves. Um, for sure. But I mean, I'm also like, I'm like an old school, like Latrice fan. You know what I mean? Like back in that era. That made me feel warm. <laughs> like Latrice, I feel like holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Completely so, agree. But like that era where I feel like to me, like Trixie and Katya are like still like new kids on the block to me. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. But like also there's like. I do not watch Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So I don't know what's happening. That's okay. I do love Trixie and Katya though. Trixie and Katya are amazing. They're like magic them on the show. I know. With They're me. like us. <laughs> Just oh my gosh, two they friends. are like us. I'm the Trixie, though. Okay. Monet um, Exchange, come on. I love Monet Exchange. I, I have love a long story Monet about Exchange. She was the first drag queen that I met in the city that I wasn't friends with out of drag and immediately fell in love with her. <gasps> oh my God. I don't, I'm like speechless. <laughs> I went to see Sasha Velour's show. Nightgowns? Yeah, I went to see Nightgowns with Taylor Trench, another name uh, drop. Um, because we, Taylor was one of, I went to DragCon with Taylor. <laughs> we also ran into Todrick Hall together on the street one time. <laughs> I can't even, why was I, why? How did that happen? But Todrick was like, and I freaked out. I was just like, ah! and and then Todrick was like to Taylor, like, I'm such a big fan of yours. And I was like, and I was like 
me too. Like I was just like really the person like in between the two faces being like, I'm a fan of both of you. Like nobody, they didn't want to talk. Like they are, I was not included in that. That's how I feel whenever I hang out with your friends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I'm the Todrick Hall or I'm the Taylor Trench to your Marin Ireland? Um, The Taylor Trench. TBD. (gasps) Oh, ouch. The shade. I know. The shade of it all. God. uh. So another question that we got that is not about anything we've talked about before on this episode is, let me read it. Oops. Where do audiobooks fall between acting in TV and theater? Is it enjoyable or more of a side hustle? Oh, I am crazy about them. I really love them. But it's sort of the way I feel about all of these things is like, I'm very greedy and they all feel so different to me that I like, my favorite thing is when I can do like, whatever that's called. That's the word I'm thinking of. Pinball. Like, yeah. like pinball between all of them. Because I start wanting, I start craving the other kind of experience after a little while doing something, you know. But I love, when I was a kid, I was so shy. I still feel mostly pretty shy. But when I was a kid, I was so, so shy. And I just stayed in my room and read books all the time. And so I thought before I started being in plays, which is where I could like, was like literally just pretending to be somebody else. Like I get uncomfortable about the attention part of it sometimes. And um I thought I would be a writer, I guess, because I was like, all I do is read books, so I guess I'll be a writer. So I would like write my little stories in my journals about like dragons and whatever I was writing about. But you know, mostly a lot of like fantasy novels of the dragons or whatever, you know. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, but I love books so much, and like books have meant so much to me, and writers mean so much to me. I think it's part of why my when I started doing plays and started doing new plays that like. I couldn't have imagined how much joy that would bring me in satisfaction because I couldn't um, imagine what that experience would be like when I was um, acting in like, you know, My Fair Lady or whatever when I was a little kid. I was in the chorus and I played the Queen of Transylvania, which is the point of the whole play, by the way, (laughs) musical, is that they convince her that, okay, so just saying she's an important part. She has one line, but it's important. It's an important line. but I, you know, I was in like musicals and I was a kid like that, but like, so I couldn't have imagined like new plays, but it's part of the connection for me is that like people, like people who can create a thing like that out of their brains and like give me a whole world like that. It's such a, it's a thing I have a huge amount of reverence for. And so I really, I love it so much. I don't even, most of the time I don't read the book beforehand. So I'm recording oh, it cold. I read the first like 50 pages or something. A lot of times I don't have that much time anyway, where they'll be like, we need this next week. So I read the first little chunk so I know the tone. I really try really hard to like duplicate the experience, what it feels like to me when I read it. Like I try not to put too much on it. I try to like deliver the tone of what the, what the book sounds like in my head when I read it. So I like, I try really hard to do that. Even when it comes to like characters, I try like sometimes a character that comes in just like briefly or whatever, where it feels like it's a bright color in the, in the book or something. It's like, then they might have a crazier sound but just the way that's the way I would, you would experience it as the reader. So I try really hard just to like, not just to give you like deliver you the book, like as it feels in your, in my head when I read it. And um, so it's a specific kind of challenge, but I just love it so much. And essentially it's super fun when I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm just, there's been times, especially doing like Stephen King book or whatever, where you're like, we take like, well, at the end of a chapter, like look up to the engineers and just be like, Oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, no. Or like I show up to work and they'll be like, 
you're going to freak out of what happens today. You know what I'm like? I can't wait. Like it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. You're getting my, like, you know, my experience of it, like, you know, kind of my experience of what it's like to really read it in my mind, but I love it. Robert loves audiobooks. <gasps> I, That's like, I do. I have, I get distracted by narrators. I start thinking about them too much and like what they're doing and whatever. So it's a challenge for me, but I have been getting more into them lately. Um, but I really like, I find it very, I, I also find it very like, it feels meaningful to me. I think about like, I think about the people that I'm reading the book to, you know, I think about like, it's like a real big responsibility and like a privilege to get to be the person to like deliver them this book, you know? Well, from an audiobook listener, there are times where like, I get very attached to the voice telling me the story where, and I don't notice it until I switch to a different book and it's a different narrator. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I really miss that guy from that other book. <laughs> right, yeah, right. No, that's what I think. I'm like, this person's gonna listen to me for this whole time. I'm the one who's gonna be like the, the book for them, you know? Like if they don't like this, they might feel like they didn't like the book or whatever. So I feel like I really want to like make sure they feel like they're like, I feel like they're getting as close as I can to like the book, the experience of like approaching it clean in that way, you know? So switching back for like a big final question on the Umbrella Academy. So say you get a call in like a year and a half that's like, we're bringing Sissy back for season four. Where would you want Sissy to be? Ugh. I know there's that little line where it's like, oh, like you're going to go to California and you're going to like yeah. live in like the sun and your son and, and everything. But yeah. then we get that instance with the sun at the very end where he like Loki has powers. Yeah. So I'm curious as to where you see it. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with Harlan, but I feel like I want her to like, I feel like she's, I keep, I don't want this to sound like I'm talking, describing the, um, oh my God, what are their names? The, uh, the Fred Armisen, Carrie Brown scene, the, the bookstore owner ladies in yes, Polandia. The women first. The women <laughs> first, yeah. But I was going to say that I was like, I feel like she has like a little cute bookstore in like the Bay Area. <laughs> and like, has like a little cute bungalow like it's very like tales of the city <laughs> it's very like she has this cute partner they're like adorable she runs this little bookstore like it's very like sun dappled <laughs> but I, I don't know how this. Harlan fits into this because we were always like oh well like that's like where she should go be so cute for her and she like I feel like she like can walk to her little bookstore it's like a little, you know, yeah, I feel like she's like, I, I feel like she should have a little business. I like I the feeling that. of her having like a little business of her own. I That's love that. That's really sweet. <laughs> um, Jay, do you have anything else before we start the game? No. <gasps> <laughs> okay, so, so. Oh my God, I, this has been so fun. I have to go. <laughs> It's a, it's a very easy game. So okay. during the normal seasons, we end every episode playing a game because sometimes we can land on a really heavy topic and it's always nice to like clear the air. Yeah. Um, and when we had, <clears throat> I did not mean to cough there, but name drop Alan Cumming <laughs> on the show, we were like, what game should we play with him? Oh, let's talk about, or let's bring up all the people that we think that he's worked with and what their like gut reaction is to like, uh, to, uh, 
with their tongue. Uh, I'm saying this wrong, but I mean, explain it. Yes. With their tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, the game is we're going to name someone who's been in a project with you, and you're going to tell us the immediate first thing that comes to your head, and you can explain it or not. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're in Ireland. Are you ready to play wait, the game that I made up? Wait, almost. <laughs> almost. So, like, is there a. So, there's no guidelines for how big or, or small of thing I could say or how many all. words okay it's not like one word or like no seven words when, words when Alan, when Alan Cumming played yep <laughs> when Alan Cumming played we said share and he said black olives how's that <laughs> oh my god okay so whatever you want it's okay. kind of a crazy list so first I don't know if anybody knows this yet but you're in a show coming up called why the last man and so the first name is Diane Lane Black olives. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I would say hair. Ooh. Great. Um, Robert De Niro. <gasps> Wig. <laughs> I'll be hair focused. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm really stuck on this one word thing. But no, I, what it, actually it was is because I didn't know what he was going to look like when he walked in for my scene. Fair. Because, because I had no idea. And then he showed up with the blue contact lenses and like white hair. And I was like, who is that guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> like legit for a second. I was like, oh, I didn't know which one, he, you know, he looked a lot like Marty Scorsese. They both walked into these two little white haired old men. And I was like, oh, which one's which? <laughs> And that was, that was the Irishman, if you're listening, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, uh, okay, the next one is Kate Winslet in um, Mildred Pierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Breaking Apart a Chicken. Whoa. She, <laughs> she uh, a chef that she was put in touch with, she, there was a scene where she had to, like, smash and break apart like a hundred chickens like a total pro and she had to get coached and I was there in the scene and she I watched her do it like one million times and I was really amazed but I remember she was like I'm sweating today she was like I'm I'm like freaking out because I have to do this crazy like insane task anyway that was one thing I'm being super impressed by (laughs) one thing in particular just trying to keep it real you guys we love it Oh, Robert. I feel like Lane. I really shortchanged Diane Lane, but we'll just keep it mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I love that. For but that her. was because that was all because I was waiting for I was waiting for um to do the black olives joke, which luckily you guys laughed at. <laughs> um, very good, very good. I could tell you were proud of yourself. I was really proud of myself. No, she has exquisite hair. And I just remember when I first saw her, I feel like it was in hair and makeup, and I was like, wow. Like it's really I, that was like the first thing I saw of her. That's why. So I was like, oh my God, where, because I was like, I was nervous about when I was the person I was going to meet her. And then it was in hair and makeup and I just saw her hair and I was like, oh my God, that's her. <laughs> Wait, have you already filmed some of Why the Last Man? Oh, Jay. We Sorry. shot the pilot two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. I was ago. staying at your apartment while you shot it. Yeah. Two years ago. We shot it. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay, next. <laughs> past that. Yeah. Margot Martindale from Sneaky Pete. Oh. oh my God. I keep feeling like I'm supposed to say a specific memory, but like, it's just like, I just swoon. Love that. Don't, don't we all? Ah. <laughs> oh. That's all I can do. Ah. So the next one is Giovanni Ribisi from Sneaky Pete. What if did I was I like, say that um, right? what? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do with him? Um, <laughs> no, he is, the, the incredible thing about him, we, we got along so crazy well, like especially almost all of our scenes in the last season are like improvised. <laughs> We'd be what? like, we got this guys. Like we, we had so much fun together. I, and we had to actually improvise in my, when I tested for the show, it was like, I had to go, I did like read with him and then they had us improvise, which usually makes me just full flop sweat, like full total body. Like I hate doing that kind of thing. And we got along so well. We had this like really crazy fun chemistry together. And I will tell you also like he understands the camera like almost no one I've ever worked with in my life. Like, cause he also, he also does direct and he also under, like, he used to also had a business like, like renting out like camera equipment. Like he knows the equipment. He like weirdly has all, he owns all this equipment. He knows the equipment so well. He understands how every piece of equipment works on the set. He understands everyone's job. He knows exactly what the camera does. There were so many times, especially in the first season, we all talked about this, me and Shane and like maybe other characters, we'd be like, that the way that that scene like went so I didn't really know exactly what was like he was doing he was doing something really interesting and then I saw it like later and I was like oh my god how did he know to do that how do you know that that would look like that like the rest of us are just trying our best to like hit our marks and like make a choice like uh you know but he's actually like thinking from inside the camera he like he has like a preternatural way like there were things he came up with to do that he like kind of spontaneously did in takes or at least felt like he did this spontaneously. Maybe he was planning them. I have no idea. Where like, I would just be like, how did he come up with that? And then how did he know it would look like that through the camera? Like he, he has an understanding of the whole thing that is truly preternatural. I'm obsessed with that. It's, it was astonishing. Like we learned, so we all were like, I'm going to watch it. What is he doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Hedges. Robert, what was Lucas Hedges in? The Slap, my favorite TV show <laughs> from a couple years ago. Also, one of the things that brought Jay and I together. So, like, just throwing that out there. <laughs> Lucas was such a baby, I feel like, when I worked with him. He was literally, like, his mom, who's incredible, and an incredible poet, Susan Bruce. She had to be on set with him. And so, I actually know his mom, who's incredible. But also, there was a scene. So, he was, like, just really young. And he was just like, yeah, this is cool. Like, ah. Uh, but like there was a scene where he's on the stand. You'll remember this, Robert. Oh, of course. He's on the stand. And we're all sitting, right? Like in the, they're not called pews. What's it called when you're sitting in the I, courtroom? I like guess. The audience. The benches. But they look like, they're like, ben they like feel like pews. They're those weird yeah. wooden benches. We're all sitting there. Anyway, it's like Tanny Newton, Peter Sarsgaard, Uma Thurman, Zach Quinto, Brian Cox, like Maria Tucci. It's like, a mil like some you know, heavy hitters, right? Yeah. And Lucas Hedges, I'll never forget this. He does his thing, like take one. <laughs> All right, take one, here we go. He does the whole scene. As soon as he's done, we all burst into applause at the same moment. Whoa. Including the crew. We were all like, oh my God, we're like standing up. 
and, I, and then the director was just like, I mean, I guess we'll do it again just for safety. But it was like, <laughs> we were all like crying, wow. like, like, bravo. Like, it was, I was like, I guess this kid has got the thing, right? Like, wow. I, yeah, was... I didn't work with him very much except for the first episode where we were all like at the weird, horrible barbecue or whatever, you know. And then that scene, I was like, Jesus, Lord. Wow. So I guess um, staying with my favorite show, The Slap, uh, I got to ask Zachary Quinto. Ugh, also heaven. Truly. That's great news for me. <laughs> heaven, truly. No, like, honestly, talk about another thing, which would be like really a big bummer if that guy wasn't great because a great to work with because like he was so gross that character he was such a nightmare of a guy and like oh, our relationship was so insane and yucky that like if i had been with somebody who was not such a dreamboat like zach was and is i mean it was it that's like what i remember of the whole experience really is just like hanging out with zach and feeling like totally like we were making a thing together that we just enjoyed making in our little in our little weird household that freaky you know glass house we were living in or whatever it was so bizarre i was wearing the most insane clothes it was like i had more time in hair and makeup than anybody because my character just looked so pretty it was bonkers but he also was like playing the banjo he was learning the banjo so he's playing the banjo all the time he had his like cute dogs on set like it was just like uh, heaven i'm in love with him so much jay and i saw a show with him at was it at mcc, at MCC. oh yeah what was yeah. that called um <sighs> The smoke like something? there was like a tree smoke fall. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, that I think sounds it is. like it. <gasps> and he like made his initial entrance through the back of the house, right where Jay and I were sitting. And he started walking and I grabbed Jay's leg. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you grabbed prepared. his hand and I was like I oh. wish. Oh I'm obsessed. So that's <laughs> no, great he's, to know. He's a total dreamboat. I know. I feel like I'm not really saying anything bad about anybody. Well here's you your guys chance. are bringing up very it turns out uh oh. <gasps> Are you ready? Yes. Lena Dunham. Oh, snap. I learned this today that you were in Girls. Oh, yeah. I was in Girls with Peter Mark Kendall, who then I later appeared in Blue Ridge alongside. And you know who, you know who else I was in Girls with? Desiree Akhavan, Full director circle. of uh. Miss Education of Cameron Post. She was also one of the Iowa Writers Workshop people. It was me, Desiree, Peter, Otto Essendo, who's so amazing, um, Zuzana. Jedkowski, who, if you watch Gossip Girl, she was, what's her name? The Polish, the Pol, I never watched the show. What was her character? Me neither. She was the Polish okay. maid. Oh, Jason Kim, who was one of the writers on Girls, and then he and I are still buddies. Um, it was a really special little cute thing. Um, Lena Dunham was, all, all I will say is that, like, we had... She was like, so that time, especially like I was terrified because I was not really prepared for how much improvising it was going to be. And oh. I, although I did have to improvise in my audition with her. Whoa. And I know I was not prepared for that either. Cause as you guys know, as I've already said, I'm okay with doing like an improv if it's like, we're just like in a scene in a movie and like they're gonna cut it later and it's not about being like hilarious. It's like, if you say something funny, great, they can use that moment. But like, I'm fine like improvising your way through something, but like, I'm not like a stand-up comedian. <laughs> like I don't- I would like, love to see that. I would be real, I would like to play like a bad one probably. I would be really good at being a bad one. But 
but girls is so the like pace of it is so intense and like when I went in for the audition and I read with her and then we improvised together and I just remember I feel like I was like cotton mouth can't breathe like I was panicking I guess it went well enough and but then when we're shooting it like you would do this the scene as written like one time and then you would just like all right now let's just go and it, I was just like, ah, like I'm not prepared. Like other people, could, it's like totally their bag and they could like totally like nail, like Andrew Rannells, for example, he, I was beyond, I would be on set watching him work on girls and every take he could come up with a different fucking hilarious punchline. It was, he has like the mind for that. And Lena's like that too. And like, like I would feel like I was just like trying to think between takes of something to say. Like I, my brain just doesn't work that way in that kind of, with that speed, you know what I mean? And like, she not only seemed totally relaxed, but like she could just do it. Like I, I was kind of amazed anyway. That was the thing that I remember the most. And she also did make me feel really like good. Like she was very, very like, great job everybody. Like it was very, you could tell she like loved it and wanted everyone to just be like, we're all at like summer camp together, you know? But that was the thing that I remember the most was it was like, I felt like it was a harrowing, <laughs> a harrowing journey. I remember I, I couldn't watch it, but I remember Desiree telling me that one of the lines I said made it in and was funny. And I was just like, that seems impossible to imagine. But. Shifting gears, one of our faves, Lizzie Kaplan uh, from Master of Sex. Oh yeah, I never even met her. <gasps> Whoa. Great, we'll skip to the next one. I don't know her. <laughs> get it um no i actually really didn't meet her it was so weird did i meet her i hope i didn't meet her lizzie if you're listening she's a big fan if i met her it was in hair and makeup but um my all of my stuff was with christian borrell and um and then i was at their house at um caitlin fitzgerald and michael sheen and ann dowd's house that was Whoa. a huge reunion because I'd worked with Ann Dowd before and so we knew each other already and then she was playing my mother-in-law. Um, we love Ann Dowd on this podcast. We, uh, we but yes, really no, do. I might have met Lizzie very briefly and I'm a huge fan of hers but I was, I don't, we didn't, we didn't work together sadly. I wish that we had. Well, we can change it. Uh, what about, how was Ann Dowd on the set of Master yeah. of Sex? Because we, oh we watched The Leftovers when it was coming out and we were like, who is this? We we're obsessed with this woman. Oh my God. I had first worked with her on a show called The Divide, which was a show that was created by Tony Goldwyn and Richard Legravenes that was short-lived but amazing. It ran for one season. It's a whole long story about what happened to it. It was not, it was not the show's fault. Um, it was like... Mis mishandled by AMC where they put it on the Wii channel and it was like depressing. The Wii but, channel. I can't even. But the but <laughs> it was about the Innocence Project. It was an amazing show. And Anne Dowd was in the first couple episodes of that. And that's when I first met her. And she and I bonded immediately, like deep bonding. I can't even explain how it happened. I just remember like the day I met her, I feel like I maybe was like having a hard time in my personal life or something. And she was just like, there's something that, I don't know if you know this about Anne, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's like this in interviews, if you've ever seen any with her or anything, but she has this way of speaking to you where she's just like, how are you my precious darling? How are you doing? Are you doing okay, my love? Oh, sweetheart, I know. Oh, sweetie pie, I love you so much. You know, like she's just like the kindest. It's like, it almost sounds like it's too much. 
but it like literally feels like she's clutching you into her heart immediately. So like when I met her and she was playing the mother of this guy who was going to be executed and she was, she was just like, this was supposed to be this like kind of bizarre, very hard woman. And when I first met her and she was just like, how are you, my darling? And I was like, well, and I feel like I, I somehow was like telling her my darkest, you know, I was just like, I feel real, I'm having a hard time right now. And she was just like, tell me all about it, my love. And like, we went for a walk down the street. Like, I just remember I was like crying and she just made me feel so much better. And like, I feel like I never didn't know her. Like, I feel like she was like this like angel from heaven who just like dropped into my life. And like, we've been in touch over the years. Like, and then we, when we worked together on Masters of Sex, it was like, I saw my, you know, my fairy godmother again it was like she was she's heaven she's really is she's like adorable um next is meryl streep in hope springs <gasps> <laughs> a movie i have not seen my finest work a baby definitely peed on me while we were shooting <gasps> there's a scene at the beach over where we're shooting um she was so kind to me she was so kind to me tommy lee jones was not nice to anybody uh, she was very, very nice. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. <laughs> uh, so the the next one is one that um, we're definitely going to need just like a smidgen of information about. Yeah. So Anne Hathaway and Rachel getting married. Oh, yeah. Another time when I've been cut out of a lot of things, you guys. I had a <laughs> big scene with her in that that went landed on the floor of the cutting oh. room. I've been cut out of so many things. This is why I have low expectations. Not only was she nice, but she acted so well that I was knocked out of the scene entirely. And when, like out of my character, like I was like, oh. and then I realized I was just like watching her do acting <laughs> instead of being in, cause she acted so good. Like we were have to, supposed to do the scene where I was supposed to be this like old drug friend from, you know, back in her olden days. And I'm supposed to come up to her and sh I show up in the receiving line and I'm just like, hey, like I'm a character they talk about early in the movie. I forgot what my name was, but I had a whole a full name. They, they're talking about me in like the first scene, her and her sister Rose Marie DeWitt. And they are talking about my character. And then I show up and I surprise her in the receiving line. And the way the scene was scripted, it was just like, oh my God, hey, wait, you. And then I'm like, let's go. And she's like, I don't know, whatever. And it was like a little scene. And as soon as I saw her, we shot it. And of course, like John and Demi was all very like, where's the camera? I don't know. You know, like it's very like documentary style. And so we were just like shooting and I didn't think we were gonna do a ton of coverage, which we didn't, I don't think we did any, you know, it's like the camera just sort of roving. And we, I see her, I'm just like, hey. And she looked at me and her eyes just are like those humongous, beautiful eyes just are like filling up with tears. And she was just like, hey, and suddenly there was all this like history and like emotions. And I was just like, wow. And then I feel like I was like, oh shit. I'm supposed to be doing something. I have no idea what, like I was totally like, I'm gonna cut this scene probably cause I'm not, I don't know what to do now. She's acting so well right away. I was blown away. <laughs> She's our favorite actress, and our second favorite actress is the next person, um, who, honestly, I haven't seen Mildred Pierce, so I don't know if you had any screen time together, um, Miriam Shore. <gasps> oh, we didn't have any screen time together, but I'm obsessed with her. Good to I know. Watched, so are we. <laughs> the last time I ever watched the Tony Awards, I don't watch them very often, I find them depressing, but the last time I watched them was at her apartment. Excuse me while I brag. 
Yeah. We used to live in the same neighborhood and I don't know if she still lives there, but I don't live in the same neighborhood anymore. But um, we would run into each other sometimes. She has like a really cute kid and she's just the coolest. I'm like, I was like full obsessed with her. Like I, I have a hard time talking to her normally because I just think she's such a genius. Honestly, I love to hear it. This is. <laughs> yeah, she also says, says real, said really cute and funny things about like, she's so down to earth in the way that I'd be like, you're so good on Younger. And she'd be like, oh, I just wear giant jewelry, whatever. You know, and I'd be like, no, you're like, you're so, like, you make it so good and funny. And she'd be like, yeah, like, I did do some funny stuff. There was, like, the, the thing with, like, the, you know, sex toy scene. That was, like, pretty funny or whatever. She'd be like, you know, like, everyone else is just so good. It makes me look good. And I'm like, stop being the best person. She's like that. And then I was like, and then she directed. And I watched some, like, I remember talking to her about it. And she was like, yeah, I figured, like, why the fuck not? And then she's like, and then it was really fun. I'm going to do it more. And I was like, do it everything, do everything. <laughs> okay. Well, while Jay explodes. I'll tell you the name <laughs> short story later, Marin. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with like a double hitter. Oh shit. Okay. So for all of our Westworld fans uh, mm-hmm. that are listening right now, we have Evan Rachel Wood, also in Mildred Pierce, and then Tandy Newton from The Slap. Just had to get yeah. the slap in there again. <laughs> oh my God. I know Tandy actually became a really close friend. She is also, there's some really special people. You guys are really naming some of like my all-time favorite people I've ever worked with. Good. Um, Tandy is, again, unfortunately, like as great as you want her to be and even more beautiful in person, which is really distressing. That's horrible. It's so uncomfortable because you're just like, how, what? Like I remember showing up at like 5 a.m. Like, and then there's Tandy and she looks spectacular and she's like in a good mood and like has a gorgeous family. Like is just like a beautiful person inside and out, like just stunning. And Evan, I didn't really get to know very well because like we were <laughs> like mortal enemies in Mildred Pierce, um, so to speak, not really. I just like my only line pretty much. Well, thanks for playing our game. Oh my God, you guys did a really good job because you mentioned like, I mean, I feel like, I just said Meryl Streep was kind, but like you have to know too that like obviously I would do any job. I feel like I don't. I was like I don't care what this job even is if I get to work with Meryl Streep. Yeah, <laughs> and probably better that it wasn't that big of a part because I probably would have like freaked out more. But I remember I remember <laughs> yeah. not wanting to tell her. There's a scene at the, in the credits that they added where I'm like we're all like on the beach, and I have I'm holding a baby. I have I have enough stories about little babies and children being horrible to me on sets. That could be a whole other episode if you guys ever need something to fill extra time. Um, And this was a baby that peed on me during the shoot. And, but it was like, we're all just hanging out together. So I would have had to interrupt like everybody's work, like Tommy Lee Jones, Meryl Streep, like everybody, Steve Carell. Like I would have had to be like, stop. You know what I mean? So I was just like, I guess I'm just covered in pee for this foreseeable future um and I remember being like but you know what I'm here with fucking Meryl Streep like I guess that's the price you pay I don't know it doesn't totally track but what an amazing note to end on (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, that's showbiz kids as Reed Bernie would say you had to be in showbiz well thank you for coming on uh our little our little show and congratulations on season two of the Umbrella Academy Oh my God, you guys really do need to help me with my social media because now oh, I feel an will. obligation. 
You told me once I was good at one thing I said on it, Jay. So like, I feel like you're a good arbiter. On what? Twitter. Oh. I'm terrible at Twitter. Ugh, I don't do it really because I'm scared of it. But you know. I'm glad that you remember that I liked one of your tweets. Yeah, you were like, you, I saw that tweet where you said this and you were like, that was really good. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, this is so fun. I feel like we could do a lot more episodes. We could. I mean, if you're listening to this right now and you want to hear more from Marin, let us know. <laughs> send us a DM. Send us a tweet. I feel like the only problem is it's hard for me to like say bad things about people, but I feel like I was really reminded. I was like, I have, I have a lot. Of, I, I have not very many degrees of separation from a lot of interesting people. Yeah. I even worked with Kevin Bacon. Oh, I, there you I go. shot him, shot him with a nail gun. You're zero degrees away from Kevin yeah. Bacon. Yeah. That means anyway. we're one degree away, Robert. Yeah. Wow. There it is. But we'll let you go so you can go eat uh, your dinner in your in your greenhouse. Yeah. Thanks, For those guys. listening, we're so in a greenhouse. It's really cute. Uh, all right, you guys. This was really, really fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. bye. Nice seeing you. Bye. Nice seeing you both. So, listeners, of course, we have to say what we're talking about next week. Yeah, so we're going to take a break from TV because I'm sure all of you just watched all of the Umbrella all Academy like hours. me. <laughs> and we will be watching Those People, which is a movie that I brought up a couple weeks ago, I guess, on the podcast, the pod. But we're going to be watching Those People. You can watch it on Hulu or on other platforms, I'm sure. And we will be talking to the writer-director next week. Yeah, his name is Joey Kuhn. We're very excited. So we're super excited. Thank you all for listening to our conversation with Marin today. And if you have made it this far and not watched The Umbrella Academy, go do it. Yeah. And I guess follow Marin on Instagram. (laughs) All right, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I just burped.